0: allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24 through 26, at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible.
1: Juicy joy,
2: juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the vibration elevation podcast. Let's do some joy. Hey, precious listeners. I hope you're getting all the summertime joy with these longer days and warmer winds and bountiful nature. I hope you're just soaking it all up, my love bugs. We're gonna have some fun today with my super inspiring guest. I met Jodi a few years ago in California at a conference called get the name of this conference. It's so great. Love is just damn good business. I think that was the name of the conference. That was definitely the title of Steve's book. It was put out by Steve Farber, and Jody and I connected through our mutual fabulous friend Beth Lefevre. We're waving at you, Beth. And hey, thanks, Beth. yeah, hey Beth. <laughs> and thanks to social media, we've maintained our friendship these past few years. I've watched her do spectacular things, so I knew that you needed to know her. And we're gonna talk maybe a little bit today about the corporate world, something we haven't addressed much in this podcast, so that'll be kind of new for us, but I know that is something of interest to a lot of y'all. Jody Bach is an accidental entrepreneur who started her own business, Box Office Transformational Consulting, in response to a series of career moves that highlighted those elements she didn't even realize were missing. She left corporate America as an employee to start her own business to help people stay there and thrive. She is a speaker, author, trainer, facilitator, and coach in the areas of leadership, communication, and accountability. She has a super cool podcast called Get Real, where she invited me to be a guest. We had so much fun, and now we get to have that fun with
3: you. Welcome, Jodi. Thank you, Lisa. Oh my gosh, you just exude joy. I love being in your space, even virtually.
2: Well, that's because we're we're birds of a feather. <laughs> yes,
3: we flock we together. Yes.
2: Yeah, you attract those that you vibrate similarly to. We all know this. This is just how it how it works.
3: Yes. So much fun. So,
2: you do a lot of work in the corporate world but in a capacity that mirrors much of what we do in Joy School, which does not fall typically into corporate categories, right? That's one of the things I love about what you do. And I I think you and I have had this conversation before. It's one that I'm never really sure I'm articulating quite right, but I feel like there's a lack of agreed upon terminology when it comes to describing the kind of work I do at Joy School and, and life coaches do and a lot of the words that people use to describe it can make it sound kind of like a soft discipline. It's woo woo, it's spiritual, it's pop psych. I'm not denying any of that. But I feel like there are people out there like you who manage to side skirt those associations really well. And I'm fascinated by that because I don't think I know how to do it because I do teach energy principles and spiritual principles because that's what's real and that's what works for helping people up level their joy and their lives. But I want to hear how you straddle this because I feel like you're you're out there doing it in a way that, um, <laughs> that
3: side it's steps. It's so fun that you think that because <laughs> thank you for seeing that. It is such... Uh, recently, uh, in the last, I would say year, six months, it's gotten, it's gotten heavier and harder, more difficult, um, heavier because you're right. There isn't a lexicon. There isn't a language about it. Um, I'm reminded almost every time I try, which feels like a push. I try to infuse joy into workplaces. I'm reminded of a boss I had right before I started my business who said, Jody, what you do is touchy feely crap that makes me puke. (laughs) And that was back in 2003 after I had hired my very first life coach, because I just felt like I didn't fit, Mm. but I didn't know what else to do. I was, I had a career. I, I thought I liked, and it was hard and you're right there is really no language for it so even today it's still considered leadership you can call it leadership you can call it you know whatever but how do you measure the results of those kinds of things for a bottom line that the corporate world seems to be obsessed with
2: and yet you go into the situation knowing what's needed and do you have to sort of use different language to present it you suss out the the room you know kind of feel into how how far you can go with using the language that might be most authentic for you like how do you spin it (laughs)
3: yeah well so in the i'm gonna back up a little bit i i got uh i've been doing my own business since 2005 so this isn't new for me being a life purpose and career coach that language didn't really exist back in 2005 when i got my certification so I, I called it transformational consulting, which felt a little less um, woo-woo. And and it was called Box Office at the time because that was my name, B-O-C-K-S. Is box it box not
2: box. anymore? Did I get a bad bio?
3: Well, no, but it's the, this is part of the story. Okay. Um, it, uh, when we met, when you and I met in 2020, the world was different than it became
0: mm-hmm. after that.
3: And during 2020, I retired Box Office as a platform for doing my business because it got, it, it being my email address, got hacked by the Russian Federation and sent out all these emails on my behalf to all these European and, and Asian email addresses. And so I got that back um, after 250 had gone out. And then I, thought I I got it, but then it went to the info at box office and sent out again. And about this time I hired a marketing coach and said, what is going on? And he said, Jody, that's an old brand for you. Box office was great for its time. 2020, we know 2020 shifted everything. And he said, I think it's time for you to create a new platform. And that's where get real. My new platform was born so my company box office does not exist in that form anymore i'm so
2: sorry it's my great. bad i should have run the bio no, it's not <laughs> it's fine
3: it's, it's it's great i i that's what a lot of things online still say it's still i'm i'm a dba now so box office is still my entity but i do it as get real with jody bach now because i couldn't come up with anything else to be honest.
2: no but that's so perfect that is so perfect for what you do
3: so now real is my platform radical energized authentic and learning focused And we break everything down into those components. But when I came out of 2020 to 2021, um, I was recruited to join an organization as an employee in early 2021. So my title was Director of People Development, which fit well with this touchy-feely language that I didn't really have to make up. You know, your question was, how do I straddle the two? In this organization, I was given free reign to do anything I felt necessary and that was so amazing because i had so much freedom everything i did within this company which was a software development company um point of sale kind of software was everything i did was elective not mandatory so people could come if they wanted to they could learn about these kinds of things these uh, energy and um awareness and personal development And what was fun was to see who would come back and who would keep wanting more. And I proved it out, I think, over my nine-month period there. In December, my position was eliminated in in a restructure merger. And a director of people development that doesn't tie any results to specific outcomes was the first one to go.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: So there are challenges. There are opportunities and challenges when we don't measure things in corporate America
2: yet. So that's the, the, the biggest missing link to applying the things that, that we know would move people forward, move corporations forward, is that, I mean, I would think just by looking at the, the time before, the six-month period before and the six-month period after, there there should be measurable results, but it's just too loose to tie it specifically to, to what you've been teaching them.
3: Yes and no. I think had I gone into that organization at the time I went in knowing I needed metrics at the beginning. Um, the person who hired me said, no, we're just going to do this. And so both of us, I think if we look back, we, we wish we would have measured something up front
0: mm-hmm. and then
3: had something to measure at the end. So in hindsight, yes, I would say, absolutely. There's something mm-hmm. feelings produce something productivity in some way. Um, absenteeism, uh, Tardiness, all those things. If you liked where you worked and you felt appreciated, you'd probably want to be more productive. We could have measured that. We just didn't in this case. So that's right. what a lesson I've learned.
2: But since we're we're talking about your path through your various career journey uh, turns, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. So, do you feel that the end of that position was one of these synchronicity, divine timing? You were ready to go into this. You're, you're following your passion. You have honed into your passion. Looks like little by little, like most of us do. A few turns here, a few lefts, a few rights. And and what was it that really inspired you to go all the way with your vision?
3: Well, at some point, <laughs> you can't not. I think there was there was, I can fight it forever. I can fight my old conditioning, which says, get a job and like your job and do your job for a, actually let me back that up it's do your job it doesn't say like your job the way i was conditioned and programmed was you do a job it's called work for a reason it's not something you love you do work so you can make money so that you can afford to do the things you love to do never the two shall meet right and then our friend steve farber who wrote a book called love is just damn good business what is that. That is a foreign (laughs) language to many people. Um, That's why I was so attracted to Steve when I first met him in 2004. So my relationship with Steve goes way back because I believed it was possible to integrate these things. But my career journey has brought me in and out of organizations. So I'll, I'll get attracted into an organization for a few years to do what they want me to do in whatever role they've hired me to do. And then my time there seems to be up for whatever reason. So my circuitous journey brings me into organizations and then spits me out and then brings me in and spits me out. So I went three years in one, four years in another one, um, three years in another one, and then nine months in the last one. So what does that say? That maybe the birthing time, the gestation for the last one was only nine months. And maybe that meant that I'm ready I don't feel ready, but maybe I'm ready to bring a different language into a a corporate structure where corporations are kind of based on corpus, which is structure and bones, not necessarily heart and soul and spirit. So maybe if I can figure out how to infuse heart and soul and spirit into that corpus by figuring out the how of it, maybe that's how I can make the distinctions and help our corporations.
2: Yeah. It's sort of meta. It's like you going through the various iterations with your own journey is helping you to help the corporations to, to do the same thing. Makes me think of that quote, as within, so without, which we, you know, is a big principle at Joy School. And I would assume that's sort of what you're needing to bring to the leaders in these organizations is that understanding that as within, so without. But how do you do that in corporate language? Oh, I know.
3: Well, it's so obvious to Joy Schools. Um, students and to you and to me it's so obvious as within so without how could it be any other way yet when you when I get to the point that I start to point some of those things out without meaning to not in a not in a point those things out way but in a shining light on by asking questions way when people feel that my light blinds them they spit me out so when I ask too many questions because the corporate structure is so founded in hierarchy that says you work your way up the ladder and you know we've all heard of the peter principle where you're Mm -hmm. promoted to the level of your incompetence at that point we certainly can't let people know that we're incompetent right so our ego takes over our fear takes over and then in these corporate structures most of them will avoid the light at all costs because it would mean that they have to admit that they don't know everything
2: Ah, uh, Oh,
3: so in that corporate, I'm mean, just going to say corporate bureaucracy, the way everything's been set up, it could go from governments to um, churches and, and places of worship to educational places. I mean, everything that has a structure to it probably was built that way. There's nothing wrong with this. It's just that if we continue that way and believe that what God is here is going to get us there, we're never going to get there. There has to be a shift somehow. So one of the books that I'm in love with is a book called Humanocracy. Mm. And Gary Hamill and Michelle Z, his last name's starts with Z, I, I will look it up. Uh, I'll, I'll find it before, the, before we're done here. That book talks about bureaucracy being a structure that every organization has been built on. There's nothing wrong. They build an institution for a reason, there's a, there's something we're doing. We're making fabric or we're doing whatever we're doing. Once we build the structure, the institution, we have to find the individuals to help us do that. You know, we hire employees and we do that. So it's institution, individuals for an output. I mean, it, it, there's nothing to argue about here. This is the way the world works and that's bureaucracy. Well, this book says, what if, we shifted that around a little bit and got the individuals first. And we had like-minded I'll add the hearted like-minded and like-hearted people together and said together, what could we do with collaboration of our energy? Let's use your language, right? That I love. What with all of our energy could we create? Oh, yeah. And then we'll build an institution
1: Yeah, because the
3: reason we're doing this is for an impact, not only an output that would shift a lot of things around wouldn't it that would have us come together for purposes that are bigger than reasons
2: mm. we always and say I, that energetically we're greater than the sum of our parts and that's what you're expressing here it's like let's let's combine our energy and see what's birthed from that rather than the other way around
3: and and i don't have i don't have proof yet i i mean he gives two examples they give two examples in this book The the higher company, H-A-I-E-R, they make um, refrigerators, they're from China. And Nucor Steel, a steel company, he uses those as case studies in this book to show what can happen when organizations build their institution with a different focus. So it's not just theory. Mm -hmm. It's like Steve. Steve does the same thing with his love and the radical leap, right? Love, energy, audacity, and proof. He says look at these companies that are walking across the stage that are doing this Marco's pizza. And, um, uh, I'll try to think of others through the, this conversation, but he's had them walk across the stage and give their stories about how love can make a huge difference in an organization when people are treated as humans, not only as resources.
2: Hmm. I know a lot of the listeners are, um, it, it seems to me that a lot of the people that, that I, I talk to around this are looking to be employed in alignment with their purpose, their calling, and a lot of confusion around how to hone in on that. Is there anything that you do with your clients or with the, the people that you coach to help them to know when they're on track with their their what they're meant to be doing yeah. here that's really going to light them up?
3: There is. and. What I would love nothing more than to do would be to do that within organizations. I would love it if I had enlightened leadership in my circle that would say, yes, let's do this work with our team. I haven't been fortunate enough to find that type of corporate client yet, so I'm working with individuals more often, but I have a course called Real, 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 Mm -hmm. Radical Energized Authentic Learning Focus is the real, real me intensive. So it's a six-week intensive course for individuals who feel maybe they're not in the right place at the place they work, or they'd like to bring more of themselves there. There there are reasons that they've, reasons, like I I, I make a huge distinction between reason and purpose. Until we know that there's a purpose beyond reason, we use our reasonable ability, our reasoning ability to figure things out. And so there are people who are trying to figure it out. They will come to this um, place in their lives where they're like, I need to find my tribe. I need to find my people. And in this six-week course, they actually, hope I hope, can have more skills to go back to the organizations where they work and bring more of themselves there. They might not have a language that they can share with the people at their organization, but they will have created a tribe of people, even virtually, that they can
2: feel safe to explore nice okay i know there the listeners are going to want to check that out we'll of course cover all of this later but it's j-o-d-e-e-b-o-c-k.com if you want to go see about that course on jody's website is there i always give my listeners one thing that they can take into their week to just sort of be a vibe elaboration tool to have in their back pocket. It might come up once, it might be something they practice every day. It's all over the place in in scope and the kind of uh, thing that we give them. But is there any maybe one little preliminary exercise or anything that you could offer a little tease on the course?
3: Sure, so the first week, um, it's a six week course. The first week is the theme is wake up. And the subtitle is you need to meet you. So you need to meet you. And the first exercise that we do in that first week is notice what you notice. And when I first heard that from my life, my coach that I heard, I said, what do you mean? What, what does that mean? What does that mean? She said, "Jody, notice what you notice. And I was so, type hey, what do you mean, what do you mean? I didn't get that it's slowing down enough to notice what grabs your attention. Yeah. So when you're in line at the grocery store, when you're at the car wash, what are you noticing? And if you, I would highly recommend getting a notebook or some little thing, and then just notice that. I noticed when this happened. And if you can write that down, then take some time to ponder that, kind of decide for yourself, what does that mean for me? And then share it with somebody else. And that sets up a whole new conversation. I can give you a quick example. I'm at the coffee shop and a person comes up to the counter to get her drink and the barista says to the person i forgot to put caramel in your drink and the, the person says okay she looks a little confused and the barista says would you like me to remake it and the person said well yeah just like that and i noticed because i thought why would the barista ask if you wanted to have your drink remade so then i started pondering that and i thought is the barista afraid that he made a mistake. So he has to correct it and he has to admit it. I made this whole story up about what this could <laughs> mean. And, or was it that he was in a hurry or was it all these things that could have happened. And the barista ended up just remaking the drink. And when the person walked away, she walked right by me and I could see the relief on her face. I have been that person who has said, oh no, no, don't let me in, in uh, you know, inconvenience, uh, interfere, yeah. or inconvenience you. But I'm the customer. I paid for something that I expected to get, and here I am apologizing because they made a mistake. And all of this went into my noticing. So I just noticed what I noticed. And then the conversation was really rich when we came back the next week because I gave an example so that I could kind of encourage them to be thinking in the same way. So I would do that for your listeners. Just notice this week what you notice.
2: Yeah. They're, they're familiar with this practice of being the witness. We talk a lot about being yeah, the witness of that. our feelings, being the witness of our thoughts. The thoughts go by. It doesn't mean we have to attach to them, align with them. We can just witness them. So this is a fun practice to take out into your day and um, do it through this lens that Jody's suggesting where anything that, that picks up your attention, that calls your attention to it, has a message for you. And you can journal about what that message might be.
3: And, and it might be, I noticed that somebody yelled at somebody. Well, why did why was that what dragged dragged your or grabbed your attention this time? Why was it that? Why wasn't it when the person helped another person? If you're observing, it'll give you a really you no, I know this, Lisa it'll give you a really indication good indication of where you are in that moment. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that's who you are. It just means that's where you are in that moment.
2: Mm-hmm. And then we can use that information about ourselves to. Help us to hone in on our purpose, our passion. Is it about I want to bring some right to this wrong, or I, I want to help address this issue for people?
3: What do I desire instead?
2: Uh huh. Uh-huh.
1: What do
3: I desire instead? And everything's available to me. Everything is. I, I I find that there are a lot of people in corporate situations that feel very victimized by their choice to be employed there in some cases and there's really nothing wrong at all it's just information and so if you feel victimized by something and you're not either willing or able to take different action then what is that for you what is that for me if i feel stuck or victimized or whatever because i live in north dakota the land of minnesota north dakota nice where we never address conflict we just no, nope, sorry, excuse me. If you look, look up Minnesota nice, there are a lot of really funny you know conversations about it. It's not funny at all when you're in it. For, for, for we, those of
2: us in some other states, it doesn't sound like an entirely bad situation to be in, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> It's
3: very passive-aggressive. Okay. It's very much, we will not interrupt you at all. We will tell you, you are the best thing in the whole wide world. And then we will go talk about you behind your back <laughs> because we do ha- we have no idea how to address conflict oh. and then we'll carry all this resentment and we'll carry all this. And we have like disease that happens disease, right? That happens to us. And we blame other things for it instead of saying, what could I have done about that? We don't, we're not even aware of this we're not even aware of this this is the 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 water we're swimming in mm-hmm. and when we live in it it's the forest and the trees mm. yet when there's one person who's a native north dakotan who has never lived anyplace else and starts asking these questions they're like where are you from <laughs> I, i'm us people i'm us uh, what why couldn't we ask different questions within our corporate structures why couldn't we they they will hire people from, you know, Florida to come to North Dakota and pay you big bucks to do this, Lisa, but they wouldn't want me to say it cuz I'm in that neighborhood. Funny. Oh my gosh.
2: Makes me think about another conversation that we've had before um you're all about authenticity and realness we are too at joy school that's like all about taking off those masks mask after mask that's but in, in joy school it's for the specific person's purpose of elevating our vibration for more joy i feel like in your world there are even more perks to this unlayering this un, unmasking what, what else can we get from this practice? Because it's a dedicated practice, y'all. It does not happen overnight just by deciding you want to do it. It is a bring it into your life day after day after day practice. So it gets your joy up there. What else is it going to do for us?
3: Well, the, the, the scary part about it in work, I'll say scary. I won't say fearful. There's a difference. Scary. Being scared is temporary. Being fearful is a mindset. Mm-hmm. So we get to decide right decide comes from the same root of suicide pesticide homicide it means i have to kill off the other options and when we decide in a work setting it could be that you don't vibrate there anymore and that could be very scary because now what do i do now i have to make a living oh my gosh i've been working here for 10 years and i didn't know that i was so miserable because my vibration is not in alignment so there's a scariness about that At first, what I'm telling you, what happens when you're freed from that burden that you didn't realize was there and you, the the shackles are off in a metaphorical way, there is another opportunity out there waiting for your best and highest, but you can't see it when you're in the middle of it. So there will be a lot of opportunity, maybe at that same company, but maybe at another company. And if it's like almost every other company in the whole wide world, there are probably many others that feel the same way. And if you're the first to have a conversation, not about what's wrong with the organization, not about what's bad and not none of that, what's unknown to them. Mm -hmm. I really believe people are doing the best they can with what they know. Mm -hmm. And if they're not doing better, it's because they don't know better. Mm -hmm. And I can't be any other way in corporate settings, I can't, I have to believe that. I mean, I always assume positive intent because the opposite is assume negative intent. And then what do you take with you? So even if there's a pocket of people inside some organization, I know that you together can do way more than one by yourself in, in a corporate structure or setting like that.
2: So allowing your newest authentic self because we change and grow all the time we're not the same person year after year allowing your new authentic self to be heard be seen feel scary and threatening but it could turn out to be the most valuable thing for those in power who might promote you they're going to see you as the one who brought the truth and who is is the change maker maybe or maybe you get the boot and it leads you to your next best gig right? after that
3: i'm telling you it's it's doable you can still be standing even after getting the boot four or five times because i i'm here and i want to be an example because if i'm not i'll be a warning that's the only two ways i think we can impact people you're either an example to them or a warning to them and the best case scenario would be an entrepreneur who wants to create a new business or a new corporation or organization who would get this and that would be the reason they'd want to leave a different structure to start something else, to attract other people who also are in this space of awareness and, and enlightenment. Because that then that group of people who are offering a service or a product to the world, I mean, just think about that possibility. That can become a whirlwind that can take on energy of its own. And I see that for small communities or communities inside of companies. There's so much possibility that the world is just craving right now.
2: Absolutely. So if somebody is on this journey to expressing their most full authentic selves, which we both know is the key to everything that we want out there in the world, are there clues? Like what what starts shifting? What starts happening? How do we know that we're, we're successfully stepping into that next most authentic iteration of ourselves?
3: I think the first thing is it becomes very uncomfortable to stay where you were and there will be an agitation, a restlessness, a discontentment that will start taking you over. You probably, it was probably irritating for a while and you could brush it away, but at some point there will be something and it's not because of somebody else. You will start saying it's not their fault. In fact, there's no blame at all in this new awareness. It's just, there's something in me that feels restless. And rest. I love this. Restlessness and discontent are the first necessities of progress. Mm-hmm. So said Edison, because without Edison understanding this, we would have been okay with oil lamps forever. But there was a restlessness and a discontent that led him to discover, create, invent the electric light bulb. So mm-hmm. it's a good thing to follow that restlessness. I can't even say that word. Restless, <laughs> restlessness. <laughs> that restlessness we and discontent. We words, right? Yeah. So just be aware. And there's a distinction: be aware, as opposed to beware. Mm. And if we beware, then we're on edge all the time looking for the other shoe to drop and we're going to get in trouble because we was, took too long a lunch break and something's going to happen. that's beware energy, which is very heavy. But what if we could just shift it to be aware, mm-hmm. be aware, notice what you notice, what does this mean? What could this be? And if you have conversations that ask questions more than give commands. hmm. I wonder what might happen. I wonder if having a conversation with someone where you are in dialogue, which is suspending previous assumptions in order to learn something.
2: Oof, that's good.
3: Rather than being in a discussion, which comes from the same root as percussion and concussion. <laughs> Discussions want to tell, dialogues want to ask.
2: You have a lot of good word tricks there.
3: I'm an English major. <laughs> I know, I love words. Uh-huh.
2: I love words too but I like the way you have little extra extra tricks for all of them I'm gonna try to remember some of those (laughs) so in this noticing what we notice I'm gonna stretch the limits a little bit here on on the the woo-woo-ness we've had several intuitives on the podcast lately talking about signs those little god winks those little synchronicities do you feel that that's one of the ways that we know that we're tuning in more to our authentic self is when more of that starts to show up? Or...
3: I wish I could show you I, I my manual for the course because last week it was about energy that was our that was our you know our platform R E A L radical energized authentic learning focused and one of their assignments was to notice the Godwinks
1: ah.
3: in that language. So what you'll see a lot are things like you're at a stoplight, you're at a stoplight and you're thinking about something and your head's down and you're like, I'm worried about work. I don't know what to do. Oh man. I have an idea. You bring your head up and all the lights turn green ahead of you. Those are signs. They're messages. They're, they're the universe, waking you up to something. And if you don't notice what is, you probably know this message lesson problem crisis, right? You're going to get the message. If you don't get the message, you'll get a lesson. If you don't get the lesson, you'll get a problem. If you don't get the problem, you're going to get a crisis. You're going to get an accident or something's going to happen. We're wake up the universe of work. The universe of the world of humanity wants us to wake up, wants us to be conscious, wants us to stop sleepwalking. And they say in manufacturing or work, they'll say, watch your, your safety, you know, make sure that you're not going to get your leg cut off in this machine. Well, it's all about being conscious. It's the same thing. Watch so you don't have this accident. Watch so this doesn't happen. There are ways to tell people punitively, do this or this will happen. Or, hey, you might want to wear your safety protection because wouldn't it be great that you can walk your daughter down the aisle when she gets married? That's all <laughs> about creating a relationship, right? And you can do that in manufacturing. You can do that anywhere. It's about creating a relationship, being in relation to something or someone.
2: Having them it's see it through through the perspective that you want them to see it through rather than a, a limiting, fear-based perspective. Yeah, perspective. that's That comes into play so much with noticing what we notice as well. Um, my my do-joy listeners have heard this. I'm sure you probably have too. This is a Joe Dispenza um, fact that there are 400 billion bits of information around us at any moment that we could take in, our consciousness could be registering as our reality. And our human minds have only evolved to really process about 50 bits of information at a time. So we work in Joy School a lot with what determines those 50 bits that come through, but just noticing what you're noticing allows for the possibility that there are things i'm not noticing unless i take deliberate care to notice them and it shows you where your keyholes lined up on perception because we're all looking at the world through a keyhole right so the the signs thing the way we talk about it sometimes in joy school is that it's not like there's magically things placed all around you to give you these messages it's just that there's always going to be so much more that you don't notice than you do that your inner being knows, your inner wisdom knows what you need to recognize and and start to become aware of next and it'll use the things that are around you to show you that and to guide you that if you're open to it so that's a a lovely layer to that
3: practice it's all the same Lisa, it's all the same it's the same no matter where you are no matter what you're doing because the doing isn't the important thing It's. I said this. I think at that um, conference where we met, it just occurred to me in that moment as I was talking in my five-minute presentation, where you had you had to sign up and you had got an open mic, and I just decided to do to. And I'm having trouble talking today. I decided to do this this five-minute open mic, and in that moment when I said, "It's the who behind the do." It sounded Dr. Susie. I know it did. (laughs) I remember thinking, I watched it later because I had to hear what I had said. But it really is the who behind the do. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you mow lawns. I don't care if you work in a bank. I mean, it it sounds harsh to say I don't care. I care a lot because if it brings you joy to work in a bank, to mow lawns, then that's what's most important. It's the who. It's the who. It's who you be before what you do and that's it's true anywhere i mean look if you're looking as you said if you're looking through that keyhole and if you're looking it's there and it's there in business books it's there in business podcasts it's there in um structural things it's it's there so why would we think we have to be one person at work and a different person at home Why would we not be integrated and be real everywhere we are? It's not scary once you start taking off the masks, as you said. It's not because who you're created at your core is what the world needs. The world of work, the world of play, the world of everything.
2: Yeah, so much. But, but, but you say it's not scary, and I think for a lot of people it is scary. I think we're so conditioned for that tribal acceptance, right? So what, what can we say or do to help make it less scary? I mean, it's kind of one of those steal the fear and do it anyway, but we're all so conditioned to not want to be judged and to want to be liked. And it's such an obstacle to enjoying all those perks of being so go authentic. Yeah.
3: I'm telling you, I'm telling your listeners, everybody, you've already got your tribe. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know that there's another way of looking at things. You already know that even if it's virtual, even if there's nobody in your town, even if there's nobody in your family, there's somebody in the world that you can access just like we are accessing right now who will see you, who will see your truth, your reality. And if we can get to that point where we, and I'm working on this still as well, I don't judge people's outsides based on what I know of my inside and vice versa. I don't judge their insides by what I see on the outside because I don't know what's going on for anybody. I don't know what they're trying to hide and mask and I don't know. And if I did and if they felt safe to tell me that's where we can see a so much opportunity for a new way of being. Safety, psychological safety, that's the tribe. If, if you don't feel that in your tribe, then you need a new tribe. And if you can't find a new tribe, then you be the leader and you just start because you can use what you're learning in joy school to bring that to wherever you happen to live, wherever you are in IRL, in real life, you know, you can. <laughs> be that there and then come back to the well of joy school to get filled up so you can go back out where you maybe don't feel that you're heard or accepted or gotten and it, i'm telling you it will it will happen it can't help it it can't help but happen because high vibing energy has to come out
2: mm-hmm. and has to find other like like energy like frequencies they're, they're gonna find one another that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah i love when we have kind of um a, a unintended theme running throughout podcast guests. I had Curtis Childs from the Swedenborg Foundation talking about how everybody, we're, we're sort of conditioned to see people either as obstacles in our way, rivals, who's getting more applause, me or them, or decorations to our experience even the people that we like we tend to see them only in terms of what they're bringing to our moment our experience but to see them the way you just described as this is a fully conscious human being who has a past and has a future and has different moods and feelings and I have an opportunity to affect how they are feeling with the Behavior that I direct toward them, the energy that I, I direct toward them, it it brings this whole other layer. So his his challenge was to every single person that you encounter to to try to see as a fully formed conscious being, which of course yeah. we know, but we it, kind of forget.
3: It's not. I mean, I I know it feels like it would be scary. It's really not scary. It it takes effort. I will say, it's it can be work because it's unfamiliar, because anything that goes against gravity's need to pull everything down to the lowest space will take effort. And so, yes, it will take effort, especially if you're feeling like a lone wolf and it feels like you're the only one doing this. The scary part of it, I will say, is only temporary. The fear tends to keep us down in that gravity space. So notice for yourself if it's scare I'm scared or I'm fearful. And if you're scared, okay, be scared and move through it because unless it's threatening your physical survival, it's not real anyway. So then that space and that distinction for yourself can help you go on when you would rather let gravity pull you down to you know that that's okay for a little while but if you're in this conversation and you're listening to this podcast, you're not a person who's content to stay where you are you're always looking for a way to vibe higher
2: and that's really just always toward our joy i like that you made the distinction about you know it doesn't matter what what your joy is in terms of your vocation or your hobby or how you like to spend your time it's just being authentically embracing and fully you know fully fully going toward that i had a a, another leadership coach who kept talking about you know everybody needs to to find their leadership niche and i'm like, well we're not all leaders right some of us aren't even wired to want to be that or get any joy out of that for a lot of people that would be too much pressure we don't all have to be a leader to be having our epitome of a joyful expression of who we are on this planet we need-
3: what's funny about that though as you as you decide that for yourself i'm not a leader you will attract followers because they will be like <laughs> they'll be attracted to your light so you don't have to get that word out of your head if that's what's keeping you from doing that. Leader, blah, 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 whatever. It's a corporate term. It doesn't need to even mean anything. It just means uh, it, be authentic. Be, be willing to go first, meaning I don't know if anybody's even going to follow me, but I'm going to go first because this is who I am, not what I do. It's who I am. Yeah. I've got this picture that's come that that occurred to me not that long ago about leadership. Since you brought that up, I have people in my space in corporate settings who um, are following gurus, let's say the Tony Robbins of the world, the the people with a big platform. And I have young, mostly men in my circles who are like, I'm gonna go walk on coals, I'm gonna go do (laughs) all this. And my the visual I got in my head was there's a light, there's a spotlight. And then there's the, I'm not even going to say a name, there's the Bob Jones of the deal, who everybody else wants to follow. And so um, if if a young man, for example, wants to follow this guru, and the spotlight is what the guru is looking at, where is the shadow? The spotlight's going back this way. The person is here. There are people who he's leading behind him. There is no shadow in front of that person who's following the guru. There is no shadow. It doesn't exist because the light is shining on them. Uh The people following them are in the shadow.
1: Uh And
3: the people who are following that leader, maybe they can see light around the person, but they don't know. They're just following the leader. But the leader is not interested in looking at the shadow because that doesn't exist. The way I'm determining I want to go first in my world is the light that I want to be part of is behind me. And I consider that the light of spirit, the light of universe, whatever, God, God, whatever. For me, it's a little bit behind me. And the people I'm in communication with or in collaboration with are beside me. Mm. And if the light is behind me, the shadow's in front of me. Mm Mm-hmm. And all I'm doing is taking a little bit of the light behind me, putting it in a flashlight, and shining it on the shadow. (laughs) Because the shadow, in this case, is simply what I don't know I don't know. Yeah. It's my blind spots. It's all the things that if I don't help me first, and then everybody who wants to explore that, then we're never living a real authentic life. We're denying that there even is a shadow.
2: Right. And that is the the piece I think that that just stops so many people is just not not really feeling ready to go into that shadow, and that's where all the magic is. That was a beautiful uh, visual. I hope the I, I could see your hands moving. I hope it translates so that people can <laughs> can understand what you were what you uh-huh. were demonstrating there, because that was really nice. I love our conversation. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? I'm gonna remind them to go to your website, Jodie Bock, J-O-D-E-E-B-O-C-K dot com where you can find lots of magic.
3: Yeah. If if they're on Facebook, I'm learning that there are a lot of people that are avoiding Facebook these days. But if they happen to be on Facebook, we have a private Facebook page there called Get Real with a period at the end. Get real. And they can join that. There are about 1500 people in that. There's no, no selling, no nothing. It's just a place where people pop in and they share a meme or a thought or they've created a really fun community there of people who just want to be enlightened or enlivened or a funny meme or something. And there's no real other agenda than that. So if they want to be part of that, they certainly are welcome to join that. We have a couple of questions to answer, just like any private page would. But um, that's been fun. Um, there'll, there will be more to come. I'm not sure yet exactly what it is, but there will be more to come
2: good well i will definitely be following your escapades because i love watching what you do and we will connect again my beautiful friend thank you for sharing your wisdom with the do joy listeners y'all got your home play you're going to notice what you notice this week kind of subtle kind of like a lot of the things we've done before but a little bit different um angle on it this time so i want to hear about that next week have a beautiful week y'all
3: thank you lisa
2: Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full-on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamickcourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love.
1: joy choose juicy a joy choose your joy